0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where we're reclaiming practices for life and leadership in Christ. My name is Tony, and I'm your host today on the episode, the legendary Chuck Scribner. You may not know Chuck, but he's been a dear friend of mine for years, um, and he has got this incredible testimony of healing. We talk about his journey with cancer. We talk about his faith. We talk about what it means to bring all of that into the workplace Chuck is one of those leaders that I have a ton of respect for because he does it with his actions. I think you're going to love this conversation. And if you do, do me a favor, share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody who you know is battling something that feels overwhelming, something that needs a little help. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Chuck Scribner. Chuck, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Tony, for uh, for having me on here. I appreciate it.
0: So we're going to jump into your story, and it's full of a lot of twists and turns, and it's got so many interesting parts into it. But before we jump into kind of the micro stuff, I love to get a macro perspective. How would you kind of describe the calling that God has placed on your life?
1: Well, you know... Through my life, there has been multiple callings from God um, at different times for different situations. Uh, right now, God is calling me to talk, just to just to talk, to tell my story, and to give Him glory for it. So, the calling is, uh, you know, th- these are the words that I heard uh, in my heart was talk, talk about it.
0: And the truth is, God has been telling you that for a while, and you've kind of been um, fighting with that. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I mean, I, I want to be full disclosure here, right? It's not in your general nature to talk public. I mean, like you're a fine conversationalist, but I mean, like, uh, you know what I mean to, to kind of get on a platform yours or someone else's.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's uh that's not my, that's not my natural habitat, uh, being in, uh, telling personal things uh, that, uh, it's a little bit difficult for me being vulnerable in that way. So, uh, yeah, so this is kind of new. I've, you know, I've, you know, I'll t- talk to people normally, but, uh, yeah, uh, not, not on, uh, not on a, a grander scale.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause you're also a musician. You're a very talented drummer. Your son's a very talented drummer. How, how does, how does it feel being on a platform? Um, with no drum set in front of you does that make you feel different or yeah yeah
1: definitely the uh, the drums provide a shield you know um so i don't have to be out there and uh and you know i can you know just see the head coming up out of the uh, out of the tom somewhere and uh so yeah being uh being open like this without the uh, the drum kit in front of me as a shield is uh, is different
0: one of the things that I appreciate about you over the years is I've heard you talk about the way that God talks to you. And so I always love to ask people, how do you discern God's voice in your life?
1: So, I, I mean, the word says that, uh, that you know, we will know the shepherd's voice. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I've, I've spent a lot of time kind of trying to discern that and then also trying to um make sure that I check everything that I hear in my heart uh, against scripture, right? He's not going to tell us that, that that would be in contradiction to his word. So um, I also have to to check that and make sure it's not my own ideas, my own pride coming up. Um, so because, uh, because <laughs> that, that can definitely happen. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how, that that's how I do it um, is, is making sure that, uh, that it sounds the way, God normally sounds when he talks to me, like the Holy Spirit when uh, when he normally talks to me, and then um, checking it against scripture. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that I appreciate about the way that you operate is you're very spirit-filled, but you're not in a full-time ministry position. So just to kind of give people um, a, a kind of a look, kind of your historical background, how would you describe your relationship with church. You've never been vo- a vocational minister, although you do minister frequently, if that makes sense.
1: Right, right. So um, yeah, I, I love church. My whole family loves church. We love especially a powerful worship service or something like that. Uh, really uh, dig into that. For a couple of years there, um, I was an interim youth pastor uh, uh, by de facto default, <laughs> uh, um, so that 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 happened, and that was a really cool experience. Um, you know, I've organized small groups, and um, so done things like that, and then also uh, there are occasionally times where I'm asked to, to give a message uh, at a church, or they contact me and say, "Hey, can you come in and you know talk about this?" Uh, I can, you know, so I uh, I usually. Uh, it's it's that sort of relationship but you know me and my family we just love we love church and we love the services and and it's part of our weekly rhythm um you know we're usually found in church multiple times a week so that's and your your normal
0: day job what do you do professionally just to kind of give people a little background
1: okay so i'm a a program manager um at a tier one uh, automotive company yeah so (laughs) <laughs> so uh, not not super flashy or super out there. Uh, definitely not ministry related. Although um, you know you, you got to bring Christ with you wherever you go, right? Yeah. So um, uh, you know I do have uh, you know uh, influence there, and I'm and I'm and I'm known as uh, as, as a guy who likes to, to to talk about spiritual things as well. So um, but yeah, uh, just a program manager at, a, at an automotive company
0: i i love i wouldn't say just right you what you do you do very well and um i love giving everyone that context for what we're about to jump into next and i'm wondering if you could kind of share a little bit about the story um the day that that you received a, a diagnosis that that kind of changed your life forever
1: well um you know, it started like any other day, right? Uh, actually, I had the day off. So, uh, my son was with uh, my mother, and uh, my wife uh, Nicole and I uh, were at Whole Foods uh, just getting some coffee. Uh, so, you know, relatively early in the morning, having a, a nice coffee date together, uh, which was great until uh, all of a sudden I had a seizure, a grandma seizure. Uh, so uh, the squad was called. They took me to the emergency room. And the, the first comments were, sometimes this happens. Sometimes the brain goes haywire and resets itself. Uh, you know. So sometimes these, th- these things just happen. You'll probably leave here in a couple of hours with uh, no real understanding of why, but that it happened and um, uh, it probably won't ever happen again until I had another seizure, uh, in the MRI tube. Uh, and then the tone in the room, I'm told, uh, changed. Uh, I was highly sedated at that time, but, um, yeah, I'm told the, 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 mood and the tone in the room changed. Uh, that, that means that there's something that we need to look at and there's something there. And they did find a, um, a tumor, uh, that was cancerous uh, about the size of, uh, ping pong ball to golf ball, uh, in my brain.
0: So up to that point in time, you had just been living a normal life while this tumor is growing inside of your head. Unknowingly you, you receive this diagnosis and, and what, what is the first thing that, um, really comes to your heart in that whole process?
1: Uh, the first thing, well, the first question I asked is, is it hereditary? Is there a genetic, mm. cause I'm thinking of my son, right? Yeah. Is this a genetic thing that, uh, he's going to have to deal with, um, and, and work through his, in his life possibly. Uh, and they said, no, this is not a genetic thing. This is a freak thing. This is a, um, uh, a, a, you know, a chance thing. And, uh, so I, I was, you know very, very happy to hear that. And then, uh, but outside of that, they didn't really know what it was or what was going on. Uh, we needed to, I had to have a craniotomy. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they went in, they cut into my head, uh, took the melon scooper (laughs) essentially (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and got it out. Now I had a great surgeon who is highly recommended, and so uh, I love him for what he he, he did for our family. Um, but uh, essentially what he came out and said was that um, there was necrotic fluid around the tumor. Um, and he told my wife and my mother this, that there was necrotic fluid around the tumor uh, and that he had taken a margin and was happy that he could do that. And uh, but that uh, we needed to make preparations because I had nine to eighteen months to live.
0: Wow, so I'm unfamiliar with what the fluid means exactly. Necrotic fluid is what exactly?
1: <laughs> so necr- necrotic fluid would would mean that there was that this cancer was causing the brain tissue to deteriorate around it. Okay. Uh, to almost dissolve around it is is, what, uh, is is what that would mean. Now, later on, uh, come to find out, uh, we believe that it wasn't necrotic, that it was a fluid that was holding the tumor in place because it didn't have any reaches outside of where it was initially uh, placed. And that was a, a prayer of my mother's, uh, that, that that tissue would be uh, perfectly intact. And through uh, imaging, we've found that, that that's true.
0: Yeah. So so let's talk about your prayer life the moment that you get diagnosed. Because Having knowing your story a little bit, um, there's, there's a sense of boldness in the prayers between your mother and your wife. And of course yourself, can you kind of talk about your relationship with God early on in the diagnosis?
1: Yeah. So immediately, um, we, we went to war is, is the, the best way to put it, um, my, uh, I asked my mother, I gave her a, a I handed her a, a Bible. And uh, if you've ever had the pleasure of knowing my mom, she is, uh, she's the spiritual uh, matron <laughs> of our, of our family. And, uh, I, she's got the direct line. You know what I mean? It, it, it's amazing how much her, you know, it's obvious that her prayers are getting answered, uh, and, uh, in, in the fashion in which she claims they need to be answered. And so, um, so she went, I said, I need you to underline every healing scripture, uh, in this Bible. And she went to work immediately and did that. Now, my wife also, uh, just went into action mode, uh, you know, she got a reputation, actually, uh, with the doctors in the hospital uh, as, a, as a person who was not going to let them just come in and give us status and leave. You know, she was going to ask questions, and these questions were going to open them up to other questions and more questions, and she had this uh, binder that she carried around with her uh, of answers to questions and uh, research that she was doing, and, I mean, immediately we went into battle mode. A lot of people... Uh, unfortunately they get scared during that time. Uh, and so they come in deer in the headlights. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to ask. Um, and so, uh, but it's because they're paralyzed by fear and that's understandable. Um, but that's not the way we went with it. We, uh, we needed to go into battle mode immediately.
0: Now, as being the patient, right, you talked about the very two strong women in your life and the roles that they played. What was your role in this process? I mean aside from obviously praying the healing prayers, but in terms of how how are you managing the family um from from your seat so to speak
1: our rhythms and uh life changed and we uh uh we had a singular focus which was gonna be on uh God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and his healing um uh so Everyone knew where we were going with this. Doctors, uh, friends, uh, we were not going to talk about prognosis any longer in doctor's visits and that sort of thing, Um, you know, which uh, we had a great deal of understanding from our doctors. Uh, So we we were not going to talk about that. Um, And so we started, um, I still got up every morning and read my Bible and uh, went through what I call my battle cards that I made, uh, which are just healing scriptures uh, on note cards um, that I would I would speak out loud, you know, including the 91st Psalm and uh, and and scriptures like that. Healing scriptures for from the stories, uh, you know, in Matthew where Jesus is healing people um, and then taking a deep dive, look into those things as a family and looking at the um, consistencies in those stories. <clears throat> mm. The overarching, um, how did, how was Jesus healing people? Well, you know, specifically, what was he doing? What was he saying? And what were the actions that those people took when they found their healing or they got whatever they they needed from Jesus? And so we found that uh, a common thread was that Jesus said, um, your faith has healed you. And so we needed to make sure that our faith was bolstered up and faith comes by hearing and, uh, and reading the word, right? Romans tells us that. So have to be in the word and have to be um, reading and digesting uh, other information that is word confirming. Uh, so uh, that's, that's the way we went about uh, living our lives for the next really couple of years. Um, so, and anytime anybody asks me, I say, you um, you know, when you get diagnosed with cancer, uh, you have to learn how to eat and learn how to pray. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's what we, uh, struck out doing. That's, that's what we, uh, went to do.
0: And when you say learn how to eat, uh, dive into that a little bit, cause I, I, I've obviously, um, there's a lot of us who haven't had that experience so talk to me sure. talk me through some of that.
1: So, uh, we did, uh, a lot of research and reading, uh, on our own, uh apart from from doctor suggestions and that sort of thing and uh, we we came across the the ketogenic diet it's a it's, it's kind of cool now keto and that that sort of thing but initially it was a diet uh, for folks who who um, who had inoperable brain cancers. What it does is it actually ultimately, uh, along with being in, in, ketogenesis, uh, and weight loss and all the, 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 stuff that it's used for today, it slows the growth of cells down. Mm. And so that's why it's used. Uh, that's why it was used in inoperable cancers. Now mine was operable. Uh, it was in front of the motor cor- motor cortex. And so, um, uh, you know, we they were able to reach it without doing any any damage uh, that that I would notice. They were worried about maybe some uh, motor functions, but that never came to fruition. So, uh, but the ketogenic diet uh, I went on, uh, you know, it was uh, years ago now, and um, I felt really good about the the effects of it, and and still do a, a version of it even today. Uh, where I'm not eating a whole lot of wheat uh, or sugars or anything that uh, turns into sugar, which are carbohydrates and that sort of thing, uh, which then in turn feed uh, cancers. So there, And at that time, there was not a whole lot of um, research, (laughs) medical research being done about the diet. Uh, So some of our doctors were like, yeah, you can try it if you want. You know, that's fine, whatever. Um, uh, Not sure if it'll work or... But we found that that it did have a a positive effect. And we wanted to make sure that I got as strong as I could um, before I went into treatment. So ultimately, we did uh, two years of radiation, or excuse me, uh, eight weeks of radiation and two full years of uh, chemotherapy um, regimen. So uh, that was tough. Now I worked for a like I said I worked for a, an automotive company and they were wonderful to me they they gave me some time off uh, but as soon as I got the stitches out got them out on Friday I was back at work on Monday uh, and so I, we always said and I always said and when I say I said things it means I said them out loud uh, that healed men go to work mm. and that that was the that was the thing I you know I wore steel toed boots and walked. Three miles a day during my job, uh, minimum. Uh, so we were we were going to trek that and walk that through. Healed men go to work.
0: One of the things I hear in your story, Chuck, is this balance um, between action and faith. And so in one mm-hmm. sense, like you're changing your diet, you're showing up at work, you're doing these things, and yet you're praying the prayers of the faithful. I imagine there's somebody listening right now going, is it really faith if you have to do all this other stuff? H- how do you interpret the line there? What's the what's the line in? And I, I have I think I have an answer. I think I know the answer. To what you're going to say, but it's important to say it. What's the line between right. faith and action?
1: Uh, they're connected. They're absolutely connected. So um, uh, there's a, there's a scripture that says faith without works is dead, and that uh, is sometimes. Misconstrued. Uh, there's another version of scripture um, that says faith without corresponding action is dead, mm-hmm. and that's the Weymouth trans- translation. And so, I believe that we need to have corresponding action uh, to uh, that that corresponds to our faith and what we're believing for. So, if you're believing for healing and you say healed men go to work, well, then you better get your butt up and go to work. <laughs> um. So my uh my wife always kept the work boots at the door. She said, "You're going back to work," and that was true. That was what we were believing for. So, um, like I said, I had a great employer uh, that that was doing wonderful things for us, um, and, and really helping us out, putting our, our minds at ease. But uh, I went back to work as soon as I could, because uh, healed men go to work, and that was kind of a that was a little bit of the mantra there. Um, that and. Faith with corresponding action uh, is, is, a, is a live faith. That, so if you have to act out your faith, then that's, that's, that's how you know it's real to you, right? Yeah. You can believe things. You can mentally ascend to things, right? But it's not real until there's action behind it. So faith without corresponding action is dead. So we had to make sure there was corresponding action to what we were believing and what we were saying, which was I was healed. I was healed and made whole, which is what the Bible says, Uh, so, um, if I'm healed, if I was healed, then I am healed and I'm not the sick trying to get healed, but I am the healed trying, you know, that the devil is trying to put something on. So, and I wasn't going to be tagged with that.
0: One of the things I know about your family is that you're deeply rooted in your community. I'm curious if you could kind of paint a picture of what community looked like during this season of your life. Obviously, um, you're surrounded by people that love you, but talk a little about the, that importance and how the, um, how the church kind of was a part of the healing process as well.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we have a great, uh, small group, home group. We've been together for like 10 years. People are always asking like, how do you stay together that long? It's just cause we made the decision that that was going to be extremely important that we get together, we gather every Thursday night, it, you know, it's almost no matter what. Um, so, um, yeah, those uh, those people and the people in the in the church that we were uh, attending at that time really came together uh, for us. Um, they were the first people uh, besides my my parents uh, to get to the hospital uh, a- after I had first been admitted, and so. Uh, but they they were always praying for us. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when uh, the the first night we got the word that uh, that this was cancerous and there was a problem here. Um, uh, you know, we had plenty of them telling me that, that, you know, we stayed up all night praying, uh, this was not the answer that we wanted, but you know, we're going to fight with you and, and, and fight for you and your family. So, um... Yeah, it, it, uh, community was was very important during that time. Uh, it really, really helped my wife uh, with someone to talk to. Um, you know, obviously, you want to talk to your spouse and, and have a have that relationship with them, but you also need to talk, have somebody else to talk things out and talk things through um, to understand what you're feeling and going through those emotions. Yeah,
0: I also know that chemo um, can be really hard. And so for those two years, you're going through all of these things and you're still working, obviously, because healed men go to work. Talk to me about the, the mindset that you took or the, the conversations you had with God when it felt like the chemo was beating the life out of you.
1: So um, like I said, we, we did everything we could to make me as strong and as healthy as possible uh, prior to going into chemo. And, uh, right before we went into chemo, uh, I went to see a natural path to get on a regimen of, uh, vitamins and, uh, find out what I was deficient in. Uh, most of us are deficient in vitamin D. Uh, and so I'm, uh, heavy load of that and heavy load of C and then the K, uh, vitamin K to digest the D. So it's, it, there's a lot of, um, a lot of vitamins that I, that I went on. So, um, and then also curcumin, uh, that was the only one that was confirmed by the doctors to to, to do anything or to have any uh, sort of effect. Uh, but they were like, it's you know, it's kind of hit or miss. So so we did that as well. Um, so uh, but the the, the chemo uh, chemo is tough. Chemo is designed to uh, destroy stuff. Um, uh, you know uh, that's that's how it works. But right before every uh, treatment cycle we would pray specifically that this chemo targets the cells it's supposed to target and destroys and leaves everything else uh, untouched. Mm. Pray that specific prayer. This chemo will not touch any other cells except for that, which it is designed to destroy. And so um, I had a, a much easier time than most. Uh, to be perfectly honest i've I've seen other I've, I've had friends I've seen other acquaintances and that sort of thing go on um, uh, chemo and it's it's darn near devastating yeah. Um, I did not have that same experience. Now, it doesn't mean that <laughs> it wasn't hard. You know, uh, I, can, I can relay stories of, of, of being sick and that sort of thing, and, and I had uh, you know, other medications that was supposed to quell no- nauseousness, but if you didn't take it at the right exact time, it wasn't going to have any effect. Uh, I was going to work at, um, at uh, around 3.30 in the morning was when I needed to drive to work. And I remember on State Route 48, there's nobody else on, on there, but I'm, I'm in the middle of the road uh, with the car door open, open uh, vomiting and saying, healed, you know, screaming, healed men go to work and I'm going to work, uh, you know, for, at the top of my lungs in the middle of uh, State Route 48, So, uh, which is normally busy, as, as, as you know, Tony, but, uh, but there's no one there at 3.30 uh, in the morning. But that you know, so those are some of the the, the stories, and and that's kind of the way uh, it affected me. It was mostly nauseousness, but uh, I kept in faith, and I kept saying uh, the results that I, I wanted to see, and that that that's a, a big thing uh, for me and my faith and, um, and my family. We uh, we call things that are not as though they were, mm. and uh, that that that's what the word says to do. Um, so. Uh, we speak into the void and, and our returns do not come back to us uh, empty. So uh, that's, that's how we, that's how we operate our faith.
0: Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Chuck to remind you to check out our new website, follow the number two lead coaching.com. Follow the number two lead And I'll be honest with you. What I've become super passionate about as of late is walking with leaders as they follow Christ and lead boldly. Leadership is such a lonely place. And sometimes it's really easy to get distracted, to lose sight of your mission, your vision, your values. And so now, on a regular basis, I'm working with leaders just like you to help root yourself in truth, in scripture, in faith, and bring that into the workplace. I'm also doing strategic planning with churches and nonprofits all over the US. So if you're ready for a little supercharge, a little kick in the rear, if you're ready for a little push, reach out. I'd love for you to check out the website and contact our team, follow to leadcoachingcom Now let's finish up this conversation with Chuck. What did you learn about the character of God in the midst of all of that?
1: So, you know, I, a lot of times I want to, you know, explain to people that um, God doesn't give us cancer. He doesn't give us any sickness Mm. uh, to teach us a lesson or to uh, to make us grow in faith, uh, the Bible doesn't doesn't uh, jive with that uh, at all. So um, uh, faith comes by hearing and reading the Word. That's that's in Romans. Uh, it doesn't come by cancer. Okay, uh, actually, you know uh, the uh, you know the the prayer that we've all heard uh, from Jesus is, is uh, be it <clears throat> as it were in heaven you think there's cancer in heaven? You think there's sickness in heaven? No, as it, you know, be it on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, so that that's, you know, sometimes people pray that they don't realize they're praying a, a you know, a faith prayer, you know? And so, uh, you know, and, and when you end prayer, amen, that means so be it. Mm-hmm. That, that's a strong statement. So be it, you know, and on earth as it is in heaven, and that there's no sickness in heaven. So um, that's that's kind of the way uh, I like to explain it to people uh, when when they ask me about, you know, well, did God give you this or um, has this made your faith grow? No, the, the reading of the word makes my faith grow. Um, this was something put in my uh, this was a uh, supposed to be a stumbling block put in my way uh, by the devil. And there were many chances uh, to <clears throat> to stumble uh during that time uh and waver in faith i remember at one point i was, I was in the hospital after surgery and uh, i had a wonderful uh woman who I, I believe was like an orderly she came in she replaced the flowers and, and this sort of thing And she asked me how i was doing and i said i'm laying in a hospital bed in the cancer ward i said i'm great how are you and she says well, well you can't be that great <laughs> if you're here right I said, no, I'm wonderful. Mm. I'm well, how are you? And, and she just looked bewildered and, and, and walked off. But that was the only thing I, I could think to say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, 24 hours out of surgery, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, um, uh, you know, uh, eventually I came out with, you know, more, more eloquent ways to, to put scripture in my words and that sort of thing. But, uh, uh, but all I could think of was, no, I'm I'm well. I'm not going to say I'm yeah, you know. Well, it's probably pretty bad. And, uh, you know, and 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 moan and cry about it. Um, you know, your the first words that that you have. First words are, are powerful and meaningful. Mm. And so that's kind of what I. That's how I explained the, the character of God, and I kind of rambled on after that. So
0: I loved it. Uh, <laughs> okay, here here's the hard question that I know my podcast families thinking about what do you say to a person that wasn't healed
1: so um yeah that's tough that's tough especially uh after somebody passes and dies and and i don't have a, a super good answer for that um i know that our god is a loving god and is a yeah. just god and um and i know that um uh, there are provisions in scripture, uh, for healing. Uh, there are stories that talk about healing, um, and that Jesus never turned anybody away, but I don't know everyone's story and I don't know, uh, except that, you know, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I, it's yeah. terrible. Um, you know, all, I'll sit and, and, and mourn with, uh, mourn with you and, and, and pray with you and, uh, cry with you. Uh, I, I don't know why, uh,
0: Cause I don't know everyone's story. So, um, now in your season of life, one of the things I happen to know because, um, our families are close is that every so often, um, you have to get a checkup and you get new scans right. and you do these things. Talk to me about your prayer life, um, around all that, your mental approach. I, I think there's a lot, there's a ton of, of value and how you and your family handle it. So,
1: yeah, um, you're right. Uh, as you progress uh, in time, because uh, you don't think you have a lot uh, initially, uh, as you progress in time, uh, the, the scans get uh, pushed out and, and the time between uh, scans to check and see if there's anything there uh, moves further out. So initially it was like once a month. We're, you know, we're going to make sure that once a month your your brain is doing what it what it should uh, as far as healing and developing scar tissue and, and other things. And then it goes to every three months. Uh, you have another MRI um, and then every six months and every nine months. And we prog- we progressed fairly quickly, a lot quicker than most uh, through those timelines. Um, you know, think. Thankfully, uh, my uh, doctor said, you know, always seems to say, "Well, you're boring and nothing's nothing's happening." So, uh, this is good. And they don't use the word remission uh, with brain cancer. They say no active no sign of active disease, Mm. which I kind of like better. Uh, Remission sounds like you're just waiting for something to come back. And if you're, you know, uh, as strong in word faith as I am, like (laughs) let's call it something else. So. uh, So I was fine with, uh, no, no sign of active disease. That's right. There's no sign of it. Um, so, uh, but now we are at, uh, we just hit 12 months and, and they're talking about taking it to, uh, to every 18 months now, uh, between times of, of, uh, the MRIs to, to check. Now, he did say that, uh, that that's not, um, that we, we asked, you know, is there a time when, when we don't have to do this? And he said, nah, not really, uh. <laughs> uh you should probably just do this you know un- until you're you're old uh and and so you know we 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 ponder that and 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 and, and kind of question it we'll we'll see what we do there but uh for now yeah it's every 18 months and when that comes around uh you know i i try not to act different in times of uh I, in times of stress and, and, and struggle, it's hard uh, in, a, in a human existence, right? Uh, not to get lax during good times and and just get then then get more rigid and more on on my faith and, and stuff like that and reading more, uh, praying more when uh, when times are are tough. Uh, so I kind of try to keep that same balance of uh, going through my battle cards if I need to. I've got some um, positive. Uh, statements that I that I read to myself in the morning. Uh, so some affirmations that are that are scripturally based. and then uh, uh, you know listening to podcasts, listening to people uh, preaching the word and um, and that sort of thing. So I'm digesting it in multiple facets. Um, but I try to keep up on that the same way I, I would, but it, it, you know it's hard not to like think, okay, well, it's coming in in a couple of months here. Better, you know, a better, better bump up, and and you know, start saying as though as though that's going to 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 make a difference. Uh, you know, the 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 idea is that I'm healed, I'm made whole, and um, uh, after praying those prayers, you know, it's got to be an attitude of gratitude, saying that you know, you know, that's kind of a cheesy rhyme, but uh, you start to then put gratitude uh, to that. Thank you, Lord, that you have healed me. I praise you, Jesus. That that it's by your stripes I am healed and made whole, uh, that sort of thing. And so you you know you find yourself just saying that a couple more times a week, maybe, um, uh, as you as you think and ponder that. But the goal is to not get worried, um, mm. to not be in fear uh, about what uh, could happen. So uh, uh, about what the results uh, may be. Uh, you know, fear is is. Fear is a, fear is a force. I believe, uh, kind of like faith. Uh, they're just directionally opposite. You know, one is north and one is south, but they're both powerful forces. Mm. So if you let fear control your life, um, you know, every time somebody came to talk to somebody, right, an angel Gabriel comes to talk to people. Uh, you know, uh, it says, "Fear not," right. And then uh, uh, when Jesus uh, went to go heal, um, forgetting the, the guy's name now, his daughter, um, he ran, uh, this father ran up to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick and lying. Uh, she's almost at death. And uh, if you read further, Jesus immediately says, fear not. Now, if you read uh, that in the Greek, it's actually more forceful than fear not right. That sounds like all churchy and, and wonderful, but it says, he said, stop the fear. Yeah. And if you notice that father doesn't say another word at all ever. <laughs> <I love laughs> until that. they get to the house and his daughter is healed, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so we don't, we don't take any of these fear thoughts saying uh, the scripture says, don't take a thought saying, so that means you're going to, you're going to, De- uh, identify with that thought you know uh, that oh, oh I have cancer I never said that so uh, and we and we still don't say it I was diagnosed with cancer it's not mine and I didn't want it and I didn't ask for it <laughs> so I'm not going to claim it as mine um, I love that. and for a long time I didn't know the name of the specific cancer because I wasn't gonna give that that cancer that respect um, to even know its name. I just know it was gone. Yeah. Uh, and it was being rooted out. Every cell was being rooted out. Every cell in my brain is uh, perfect in the, in the will that, uh, that God created it to function in. So, uh, these are just some of the things that, that are now part of my vocabulary, uh, and have to stay part of my vocabulary, uh, I believe so. Um, yeah, so.
0: That's great. Sure I love that. The no, it's good. It's so good. It's so good. And that, look, we're here for the rambles. It's this is what long form audio is about. Um, I, I I am curious. You are a leader in the work that you do. Um, you lead lots of guys. You're you're in an industrial kind of secular environment. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no real intentional space for your faith to show at work yet clearly um you emit Jesus everywhere you go what does it what does it mean for you to bring faith into the workplace in a way that's digestible for people who may not be faithful
1: yeah it's um it, it... You have to find places and you have to be on the lookout for it. You know, you're, you're right. I have uh, at, at some points have had over 250 people in my organization uh, that, that are expecting me to lead and make decisions and that sort of thing. Um, so it can be tough, right? Especially in times of, uh, of, of great stress, um, you know, of pressure at work and that sort of thing. And just the environment, right? You find yourself succumbing to an environment uh, of, you know, if you're not careful, uh, right. succumbing to an environment of of you know folks that don't think or believe the way you, you do. So you have to be intentional about your words. and uh, as 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 plenty of people that have worked for me would tell you i'm I'm slow to speak uh, sometimes. Uh, I I don't give an answer right away. I mull it over. Even if if you're sitting down with me and we're having a conversation, you can see me pause for five to ten seconds to kind of decide what I'm going to say here. Um, So I have... I've kind of molded myself to do that. That's not my first inclination. My first inclination is to just shout out what I think is the right answer and uh, and maybe even be flippant about it. <laughs> but that's not the way I'm supposed to be. Uh, and so Jesus is still working on me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, But uh, I, I really try to um, watch what I say and watch the way I act um, and just put in little things, little nuggets here or there, uh, you know, where I use scripture in common conversation. Uh, and I may not even be like quoting it, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I I tell people not to waste their time by, you know, uh, tossing pearls to swine or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say, man, you're tossing pearls at pigs right now. We don't, we don't need to get caught in the weeds, uh, doing that. Uh, you know, we need to focus on, on, uh, you know, what is mission critical? Uh, and when I say mission critical at this point, I'm talking about work and, 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 you know, satisfying the customer and, and, sure. and getting the job done. So, um, but, uh, you know, I try and add, you know, Oh, thank God, you know, to, to anything, any good news or glory to God, you know, or, uh, you know, see you tomorrow. Well, you know, uh, God willing. Right. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I just try and add any little sure. nuggets I can. And then, people ask me questions, you know, um, I did lose a lot of weight when I was, <laughs> when I first, uh, went on chemo. And, and so I had, I had the combination of chemo and keto, uh, which is a, uh, not recommended diet, but, um, is fantastic <laughs> for weight loss and muscle loss though. So, but, uh, people would ask me and that was, that was great, uh, uh, great conversation starters and that sort of thing. So just looking for every, uh, every possible little window to add something in there, uh, that will plant a seed. Uh, cause if you, you know, and then being close to the people you work with, you can't really have an open and, um, vulnerable personal conversation if you don't have a foothold in somebody's life. Mm. So, uh, making sure that, um that if I did have somebody ask me some questions, I follow back up with them about, you know, what they're thinking or, uh, the battle cards that I mentioned earlier, I give those out like candy. I have, uh, you know, I've probably pen- printed over a hundred sets of those. Um, and I put them in a little box and anybody that's going through stuff, you know, I call them my battle cards for faith. And, uh, and I give people those cause they've got scriptures on them and we know faith comes by hearing and, and reading the scriptures. So, uh, you know, I'm, Uh, I'm big on that. And so, you know, I'll give those out, but you can't really give somebody that like off the cuff, you know, like I didn't ask for this, you know, you know, what are these cards and I'm not really into Bible stuff and you know, those sort of responses. So you got to make sure you got a foothold in somebody's life and kind of explain what they're for and how to use
0: them. That's good. That's real good. Um, Okay. I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, Mm Um, I know that there are going to be people who want to connect with you or maybe um, maybe get a link to the, the battle cards if you've got some that, that might be printed off. What's the best mm-hmm. – yeah. where's the best place to learn all things Chuck Scrivener?
1: Well, um, I don't have uh, a social setup for uh, for this uh, situation, but you can email me. Uh, so it's Charles Scrivener at gmail.com. Uh, no spaces, no dashes. Uh, Charles, S-C-R-I-V-N-E-R at gmail.com and I'd be happy to get you some battle cards it's about 50 cards it's got uh, scriptures uh, that'll build your faith let you know who you are in Christ put your name in them uh, that sort of thing and, uh, and, and really for those times at night uh, when you're scared and you can't sleep they're perfect uh, they're a real comfort uh, Or if you have a spouse Or a family member who is uh, Going through something Especially a sickness or an illness or something like that And you're Trying to comfort them and they're laying in bed And you just read it over to them mm. read, it, read these cards over them Put their names in it um, You know uh, Though I walk through the valley it is sh- The shadow of death Chuck will fear no evil you
0: know, putting your name in scriptures like that, you know? So it's good. Of course we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes too. So that perfect. uh, So that that's there. If you're driving, no need to take notes. Okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. Obviously you you've heard this question before. And so I want to take you back to the day before um, the seizure at Whole Foods. If you could pull up a chair in front of that younger version of yourself and sit knee to knee with him, look him in the eyes, and give him one piece of advice about what he's about to go through, uh, what's the one thing you're telling him? One thing I'm
1: telling him is listen, it's going to be hard. Okay. Uh, There's no getting around that. Um, You know, sickness and disease is hard, Um, those are part of the fall and uh everyone experiences some form of that um trial and testing and tribulation um in their life uh because you know the word says that you know jesus has overcome the world um but that doesn't mean and he never promised us a super easy life with no problems Mm -hmm. or anything like that so but he does He has overcome the world, and he has given us tools uh, to to work with, to overcome with him. You know, uh, his victory, he has given that to us. So uh, we have the victory already, uh, but it's gonna be tough, okay? It's gonna be a fight, and um, don't give in. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to doubt. Don't give in. Once you stand and you make your stand, Dig your heels in. I'm not going to die. I'm, de- uh, you know, I will not die. I will live and declare the works of the Lord. Uh, and, you know, you'll you'll hear me talking a lot of scripture, and that's what you need to say. The scripture needs to come out of your mouth. If it's in your heart, it's going to come out automatically, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it, it, it's how much you you can you can put into your heart. Um, you know, uh, you got to you got a bulk load, right? <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, so you got to make sure that, uh, that, that you're standing strong. And that's what I would tell myself. Uh, don't give in.
0: Love it. Chuck, thank you so much, uh, for your generosity with your time today, with your vulnerability, with your story. I'm, I'm really praying. I know with you, I'm praying that, um, that this really helps someone live into the faith in a whole different way.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for having me on, Tony. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been great to, to be on your show.
0: Man, I loved that conversation with Chuck. I think one of my favorite parts about it is his faith over fear aspect, right? The way that he talked about his battle cards, the way he surrounded himself with praying people and his mindset. I think we can all benefit and learn something from that mindset. It's such a gift. Do me a favor and let chuck know that you heard him here on the podcast and uh hey thank you so much for being part of our community christian leadership is so hard and i want you to know that you're not alone so thank you thank you thank you also the highest compliment you can give us share this episode with a friend like i said maybe somebody who you know will benefit from hearing chuck's story as always guys i'm appreciative of you and remember If you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.